0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in Psalm 37. Now, you already know verse 4, which talks about hearts' desires. That's where we're hitting today. But let's begin, first of all, with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and quicken the scriptures to us so that your word is alive and your word is transformed into spiritual food for us. Now, Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus name, we pray. And together we say, amen. Now, Psalm 37, verse one, do not fret because of evil doers. My friends, I don't want you to be worried or troubled about the evil That you see in the world. Now, it is certainly out there, but we are told not to fret about it. You know, the Lord, He sits in the heavens and He laughs at these wicked men and women that have their plans to do wicked things. But you know what? God's plan is going to prevail, and the church is coming into its finest hour. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Neither be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, over the years, I've picked up some things here and there that allow us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that these desires can actually be brought into our lives. Now, one of the first things that you have to do when working with the Lord so that those heart's desires are manifested is you have to learn to be patient. You cannot rush the Lord. And I believe that old proverb which says, "'Haste makes waste,' is very true." Now, there are some times when we need to move quickly, but that's only when we know what to do. But to just rush into things or rush through things, so often it means that we're not going to get God's best. And when we're working with heart's desires, this will be unfolding over a period of time. So you have to be patient. You know, when we came back from Israel a few months ago, we brought back a date palm seed and we planted it. Kelly and I just thought, I wonder if it'll grow. And it's been about two months. And you know, every day we would look at the pot that was sitting outside and it looked like nothing was happening. But you know what? Just three days ago, that uh, date palm seed sprouted. And so we have a date palm tree growing. Woo, praise God. Amen. All the way from Israel, now here in North Carolina. So, you know, it's just a little uh, baby uh, uh, sproutling, so it's going to grow up and everything. But, you know, after a month, if I would have looked at that pot and would have said, well, nothing's going on, maybe this is just not going to work, and would have dug it up, I would have destroyed my harvest. And any farmer, when he, let's say a farmer is going to grow corn and they put the kernels of corn into the ground that I've grown a lot of corn before, you just put like three little kernels in the ground and you, uh, not very deep, you cover it up and you just go right on down the row and you keep planting. But if you come out just a few days later and you say, you know, nothing's going on here and maybe the farmer digs it all up, then he's never going to have a harvest and he's going to be hurting financially. Because there's no harvest on the way. My friends, when we sow and we see the vision that God has for us, we see the harvest, we have to let also the mechanism of time uh, run its course. And some dreams, some heart's desires can be fulfilled in a year, maybe within six months. Uh, But others, you're looking at maybe five years, maybe 10 years, some can even be longer. So we need to... Uh, let patience develop along with the exercising of our faith so that we get God's very best for our lives. You know, tomorrow I'm actually going to be able to make a phone call in the morning that uh, I've been waiting for over, uh, probably a little over five years to be able to make it. And, you know, five years ago, it would have seemed it would have seemed like a dream almost because it was a heart's desire, but it was also in that God category where it has to be something where God does something or else I can't, I can't touch that certain thing. But God has done something special, and because it concerns the ministry, I will share more with you uh, about it down the, down the line just uh, after things kind of settle and all. But uh, to me, it's something that the moment I saw it five years back, I thought now that would be the way to do it. That would really bring glory to the Lord. But you know what? It was it was something that I couldn't do at that time. But I waited, 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 and tomorrow, after about five years, I am able to make the call with comfort, with uh, everything in line, everything in order, and it's just really, really neat. So you have to hang in there because some things take even longer. They take over ten years. And you have to walk with the Lord and don't rush it. Praise God. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So there's a place for needs, but there's also a place for desires. And while we want to always pay our bills and pay them on time, we also have to really admit there's nothing really exciting about paying a water bill, paying an electric bill. That's not like that's really exciting. That's just kind of normal life. But desires are where things can get very exciting and very fulfilling, praise the Lord. And earlier today, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me that we are in a season now of the fulfillment of heart's desires. Now, not all of them at one time, because that's too much to assimilate, and it would be like a child on Christmas if you just gave him a thousand gifts, he can't, he can't comprehend that. So you give the right gift at the right time so that it can be received properly. But at this time in your life right now, get ready because God's releasing very timely heart's desires and it's time to grab them and receive them. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So we want to be patient. And at the same time, uh, we also want to walk with the Lord in a way where we know that uh, many of these things are out of our reach. It takes the Lord to do it. Oh, praise God. I do think that's why some, after a while, they maybe abandon the gold standard of what God wants them to achieve or to step into. And in place of that, maybe they take a second place or a third place place. And honestly, it's probably not even second or third. It's maybe 20th or 30th down the line because what we can be tempted to do is visualize what we could do, but God wants us to visualize what we can do with His help. Woo, praise God. Now, that does bring us to that place where it does require God. Now, at the same time, we're not going beyond our faith because your faith has a comfort zone and you push out to the limit of that, but you don't go beyond that. So we're not being reckless or crazy or something like that, but there are God-given visions, dreams, hearts, desires, and you will need the Lord to manifest them. But with God's help, you can see every single one come to pass in your life at the right time. And I believe right now, there's some very important ones that are uh, manifesting that are coming forth at this moment. Praise God. That's why today I want to teach on this subject. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. God's going to do it for you. Amen. Now let me share a few things that will um, help you to see these hearts desires manifested we'll come back to psalm 37 in just a little bit but first let's go to the book of ephelia excuse me ephesians chapter 5 ephesians 5 let's drop down the verse 15 see then that you walk circumspectly now that word could be better understood as careful see that you walk carefully and uh, Weymouth, with his translation, said, See then that you walk very careful, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, in our society today, we are seeing uh, more evil than we probably have ever seen, at least in my lifetime. And we are seeing, you know, the rise of paganism and hedonism and things along that line. And basically in some ways, even Satanism, but our eyes are on the Lord and God is going to have his great glorious end time revival. And we're going to be a part of that. And so this is the finest hour for the church. And we have the angels on our side. Woo. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So the days are evil. And we want to walk very carefully. Now, verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Some translations say debauchery. That word also in the Greek means like riot or wild uh, type letting loose behavior. I like what the Weymouth translation also says here, Do not be drunk with wine, a thing in which excess is so easy. Watch out for alcohol. It is very, very dangerous. I was listening to a Christian doctor. He's a hundred years old, and you wouldn't think he's a day over seventy. And he's still he's a hundred years old and he still drives his car to work five days a week. And he's still practicing. And he was asked, how much alcohol is too much? And he said, a drop is too much in any form or in any fashion. Keep alcohol out of your body. It kills your brain cells. There is nothing positive or good about alcohol as far as drinking it. Now, rubbing alcohol, yeah, if you want to clean a wound or something like that. But as far as drinking it, that is a very, very dangerous thing. And here we're warned again about the dangers of alcohol. Uh, But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And that is very important. Now, in the Greek, there is a stress on this being a constant action. And you could actually say, be continually filled with the Spirit. And if you want heart's desires to manifest, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to be working with you Leading you and guiding you and keeping you on the right speed, so that you catch these great things that God wants to do for you. And I believe He wants to uh, you to catch several things, even right now. Woo! Praise the Lord! It, it could be this week. Praise God! Thank you, Jesus. Now, there are four things that will happen when you're filled with the Spirit, and these four things are great indicators of spiritual health. And this also is going to allow you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that you get in the right sync with heart's desires. Because what the Holy Spirit will do is He works in some ways as a filter, filtering out those things that maybe you think you want, but He knows that if you got certain things, it would bog you down and could even destroy your devotional life. Uh, your walk with God. So he will alert you to that. And sometimes angels will even block it from happening. And there's other areas where uh, the Holy Spirit, he will help you to filter out what I would call transient interest. In other words, uh, I've been in meetings before, and when the Holy Spirit begins to move, uh, oftentimes people begin to smell things supernaturally. Supernaturally. And that, that gifting comes along with the, the, the ministry package that God gave to me. So many times people begin to smell things, and uh, it's not surprising that there's often some people that will smell grass. And so they, they will ask, well, you know, Pastor Stephen, I'm smelling grass. What, it, what does that mean? And it could be a very pleasant smell, maybe like freshly cut grass. But that represents that you have an attachment or a focus towards something that's very transient. And so while we may think, this is it, this is what's going to make me happy, this is maybe my new hobby or something like that, and you dive into it, and then three three weeks later, it's like already beginning to evaporate. And by the way, youth is very transient. It goes by very, very quickly. If you go to a high school football game or like a junior high game or whatever, your college game, uh, and they, they don't have an astroturf, but they have real grass, and you can smell the grass. And it brings back memories and things like that. What does it mean? It means time goes just like that. That's what a person's life is like. It's very, very quick. And uh, as it says in Scripture, uh, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord, God's Word, is forever. So things that can be very transient or temporary, hang-ups. The Holy Spirit can see that and help us filter out what is soulish. And we all need His help because we all... Uh, are in the earth with physical bodies and we feel pulls and there's there's marketing techniques and there are there's everything under the sun that's thrown towards us to try to get a hold of our attention and some of some things that could float our way could be really good but the holy spirit will help us to filter out those things that are not in God's plan for our lives, and also things that maybe they're harmless in a sense, they're not sinful, but they could become weights, or they could just be something that, uh, you know, don't pour into that because that's not even the real you. You know, it, it would be like me, like going total country western, you know, going out and buying a cowboy hat and boots and stuff like that, and big belt buckle, and you know, I, I, I'm in the cowboy country western thing. Well, that's not even like the way God put me together, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's cool. You know, I like cowboy boots, and I used to live in Texas. All oh, that's cool. I mean, I even have a pickup truck, but I'm not a cowboy, <laughs> so that's just not, you know. And people get into things sometimes with clothing fads, and all of that changes, or they get they get maybe into um, some kind of a certain sport or something like that, and then that f- fades out. So. You know, just be wise about those things because you you want your heart's desires to be things that are permanent. Wow. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we see that we are to be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. So when you are filled, let me give you some indicators when you're filled, and this will also help you to be very accurate with Uh, establishing genuine hearts desires. When you're filled with the Spirit, you want to talk to others and it'll just want to bubble up and out of you, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So there is a speaking that comes to build up and to bless others, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, you don't have to be a professional opera singer. You don't have to have, you know, choir training or anything like that. But when you look throughout church history, and you look at many of the great saints, and most of them were not singers, but it seems like every single one of them would have a little bitty song that the Holy Spirit gave them. Not like a top 40 song that they got off the Christian radio, but a little bitty song, and there'd be maybe a few of them that the Holy Spirit would give them, and they would sing them throughout the day. Praise God. And I believe the Holy Spirit can give you a song and that you can sing these songs to the Lord. That is a indicator of spiritual health. And that's an indicator that the Holy Spirit is filtering out things that are not supposed to be taking up your your data capacity. And what is in there is what's supposed to be in there. Uh, Speaking to others because you're so full of the Lord. Singing even songs uh, because you're so full of the Lord. And verse 20, which is very important, giving thanks always. Wow, praise God. Thank God for, now listen, this is very important. In order to see the beautiful heart's desires, the big ones come forth, thank God for the small ones. Thank God even for the past big ones he's done. You know, when I used to live in Texas many years back, I had this desire in me that I wanted to marry a woman from California. Can you believe that? You might think, well, Pastor Stephen, that's unusual. Why California? Why not Montana? Why not Texas? Why Why not uh, Virginia? And I, I can't explain it, but it was there. I mean, it was there just as real as this cup is sitting on my table. I had a desire to marry a woman from California and I knew it was Southern California. And would you believe that God, uh, later moved me to Southern California and I married Kelly and she was born and raised and living in Southern California. And would you believe that while she was living in Southern California and she was single and, uh, you know, uh, trusting God for a godly spouse, would you believe that she was believing God to marry a man from Texas. Well, Pastor Stephen, how come she wasn't believing to marry a man from Mississippi or maybe uh, from uh, New York? I don't know, but that was in her. And guess what? I showed up (laughs) from Texas. (laughs) I'm telling you these heart desires that are genuine. They're from the Lord and they're pure. And it's very, very interesting. I'm telling you that uh, it's amazing what God can do, but give thanks every day. I give thanks to God for my wife. And when I get into my truck, every time I get into my truck, I thank Jesus for my truck. I just say, God, thank you for this truck that you've given me, this uh, wonderful vehicle. I just thank you, Jesus, for it. And God has always kept me in very nice vehicles, my wife and I both. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. And some some of the unique things over the years that I've wanted and God has brought them into my life. I thank God for them. Every time I drive up my driveway to my home, I say God thank you for this home. Would you believe that over a decade ago when my wife and I were looking possibly for a home to buy? We um, we went, uh, actually, it was more than 10 years ago. It was probably about 14 years ago. Uh, we went into this one home that was owned by a husband and wife, and they had one child. She was a daughter, and uh, I, the home was for sale, so we went to look at it, and it was a house on a hill. And of course, when a home is shown by the realtor, the owners aren't there. So it's just me and Kelly and the realtor, and we're looking around at this uh, beautiful house. And the daughter had won a whole bunch of like horse riding competitions, and there were like uh, ribbons all in her room of all of the competitions she had won from riding horses and stuff like that. We just thought this house is like has such a sweet, beautiful spirit. It was just so neat. It was so sweet. <laughs> Guess where we live at today? <laughs> we bought that home, praise God. And God did a miracle. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. So sometimes these things that are so uh, like holy and beautiful and even could be sacred to you where you, you think, you know, they're like, this is God in this. Watch out. Watch out. You're on holy ground. And you get on that. And it's amazing what God can do. But you need to be thankful. Every time I go home, I say, God, thank you for this home. Now, we've done a lot of remodeling because it needed it, and we still have some more to do, of course, but I just, I thank God for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you want to be thankful. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's one more, number four, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Submitting to one another. In other words, being humble. Uh, if you both tried to merge together at the same time, let them go first. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe maybe they've got somewhere. That, maybe they're running late. Maybe that's why they're driving a little fanatic. Just let them go. Praise the Lord. They're rushing to get off the plane. You've got plenty of time. Let them go. <laughs> maybe they need to catch another flight. <laughs> and especially to your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Praise God. You know, Jesus talked about that. Luke chapter 14 Verse 7, so he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places. So he was obviously watching the way these religious leaders wanted the prominent seats at either weddings or important events. And This is what he said, and he said it to them. He said, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. If you humble yourself, God will make sure that you're lifted up. You know, the year was 1996, Southern California. What had taken place was that there was revival going on in Pensacola. Uh, So there's revival on the East Coast, and people wanted it on the West Coast. So our pastor, working with the uh his friends from Pensacola said come out here all you guys that are involved in the revival come out here and let's see if we can spark it out on the west coast out of uh Orange County California and so uh Kelly and I we had just got married and uh, we were you know that was our church home and we were ushers and being trained and raised up in ministry and stuff so uh we were learning all the ropes and so we were ushering and uh one night During uh, one of those conference meetings, um, it was packed out, thousands and thousands of people there. Of course, all the seats uh, were already taken at the front, and uh, you have many famous ministers that were there. And uh, Kelly and I were working as ushers, and we noticed a very well-known, spirit-filled Pentecostal preacher. He came in, and he sat on the very back row. And this man was world-renowned. He's sold millions and millions of books, over over 10 million books. And um, he's world-renowned. And he came in by himself very humbly and sat on the back row uh, on, on on a seat back there. He didn't come in and say, I want you all to know who I am. Somebody take me to the front. He didn't do any of that. He just sat down in the back. And Kelly and I both said, that's, that's so-and-so. So we went uh, to the front and we spoke to one of the elders and uh, said, Hey, um, I just wanted you to know that, um, uh, so-and-so is sitting in the back. He goes, well, who cares? Let him sit where he wants. That was an elder. He was real, real rough. He was, uh, he was, um, the kind of person that, um, uh, was a great demonstrator of how not to do things. <laughs> and so, uh, and sadly he died he died. I, I, I inquired about him a few years back and somebody told me he passed away. And so sad, so sad. But um, so we kind of skipped him and went over to uh, another elder who was very anointed and had a strong walk with God. We told that elder, we said, hey, so-and-so sitting in the very, very back. He said, he is? We said, yeah, he's sitting way back there. He said, my goodness. He, he said, go get him and bring him to the front. He said, well, we'll put him right up here on the front. And we went to the back and said, Hey, uh, pastor, would you, would you come with us? We would like to take you to the front. The the leadership wants to put you up on the front. He said, okay, if they want to move me to the front, that's fine. And he went very humbly to the front. And would you believe that when the meeting got rolling that night and the Holy Spirit moved on somebody to kind of like break it open, guess who the Holy Spirit fell on that minister, that minister who came in and sat on the back row. Now, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So he went from the back row to the front row and then being anointed of the Lord to give the prophetic word of the Lord. The whole thing that kind of like just really got everybody moving. Hallelujah. Wow. It was really powerful. Amen. But not everybody even knew how he got there. God did. Amen. That's all that matters really. These things are very important for the manifestation of your heart's desires. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory. Let me say this also. I want to loop back to this just for a moment about singing songs. Let me me go back over to Ephesians very quickly. Ephesians 5, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I, I love good praise and worship, but you you need to understand, though, um, there is no scripture that says that you have to have praise and worship in a church service. Um, it's not like Jesus went around with the 12 apostles and said, now, Peter, you jump over there and play the bass guitar. And John, you're the youngest of us. You play the drums. That way, we have a lot of energy in the meeting. And uh, Andrew and uh, James, uh, you two b- both play lead guitar. And uh, let's get let's get Thomas on the banjo. He seems to like bluegrass, and we need to get a little uh, different style going for him. No, they, there was nothing like that. There was no um, worship team. Um, there's, it's kind of funny, but there's a church not too far from here. And uh, uh, they, uh, they actually, you know, the pastoral team, mainly it's the pastor's idea. Uh, he basically told the pastors, um, you're fired if you tell people uh, uh, that we're going to have praise and worship now. If you use that language, you're fired. It has to be called the worship experience. And if you don't call it the worship experience, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever stop to think the so-called worship experience is not even scriptural since when did paul and silas travel around with the full-time praise and worship team now don't get me wrong i love good praise and worship but that is part of the ministry of helps and does it help does it help a meeting absolutely but is it essential no of course not of course not i've been in meetings where the glory of god moved powerfully with with um not even a guitar, with with no musical instruments. Somebody just starts singing a song. I mean, again, what do you do if the power ever goes out? And we trust it won't. But what do you do if you don't have electricity, which is the way the world has been for about the last five thousand nine hundred years? <laughs> what do you do? Oh, we can't do anything, Pastor Stephen. The meeting's over with. No, you don't need that. You don't need that. Praise God. I grew up. Don't forget, I grew up in the Church of Christ. And while, of course, I look back and I I, I look at that doctrine as being silly because the pastor actually taught, and some still do today, that if you have a piano or a a guitar in the service, you're going to go to hell for doing that. that. And I actually heard my pastor preach that many times. Matter of fact, if you ever play that guitar in church, God will send you to hell for that. And they had, uh, you know, certain doctrines that they would float around with that. Um, Mainly they would call it the doctrine of silence. Where in the New Testament is it mentioned? well that carries over from the old and and, and so forth and so forth but and I believe of course you can prove it from the New Testament but that's neither here nor there right now Uh, the factor of the matter is is that I grew up in church every Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night and we had song uh songs probably you know for 25 or 30 minutes at every single service and uh Uh, you know, kept on going along, people still get saved and people would still serve God and stuff like that. Now, does it help with the keyboard? Yeah, yeah, it sure does. (laughs) But do you have to have that? Absolutely not. Of course not. (laughs) So watch out again for a mentality that is only a Western Christian uh, mindset of how the church is and look at it again from a biblical perspective, and just sing. Again, you don't have to be able to have a beautiful voice. That's nice if you do, but just sing songs to the Lord. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Amen. Praise God, and thank Him all the time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, here's something that I was thinking about. Uh, There are natural desires where maybe Maybe you have a home, but you have a desire, uh, a heart's desire for a swimming pool. And maybe you want to bring people over for a Bible study at your pool. And maybe after the Bible study, have a cookout and eat hot dogs or something like that. Have a men's retreat or something. That would be nice. Okay. So um, maybe you have a desire for a vehicle. And a certain type of vehicle maybe would make you happy. And you're thinking, God, I have a heart's desire for this vehicle. Whatever that might be. So we, we can think about natural heart's desires, things that are like physical. But have you ever stopped to think about spiritual heart's desires? Let me say with uh, as much authority that I possibly can, that if you want a heart's desire to be absolutely answered, if it's spiritual, you're probably going to get it no matter how um, impossible it might seem for it to be. Do you know that there was a time that uh, uh, when I was just beginning in ministry, I heard about a certain minister on the other side of the planet. And I heard about him and read one of his little books. And I thought, Lord, I mean, I didn't even form it into words, but I thought, Lord, What a mighty prophet. I said, I sure would like to, uh, in my heart, I just said like, I sure would like to maybe just one day be in a meeting with a person like that. Would you believe that a few years later, I actually, by divine working, not me trying to like make it happen, by divine working, I was invited to minister with him. And when we ministered together, we became friends And then even traveled and went to other countries and ministered even around the world together. And I've been to his home and, uh, you know, know him very well. He knows me very well. But what was once like a heart's desire that seemed like there's no way, there's no way. God did it. So when it's spiritual, um, God takes it to a different level. Mm -mm. Even with an offering, if you say, Lord... I have a heart's desire. I, I want to be the one that pays, maybe let's say like, for example, for the road to be paved, to, you know, for the church. Or I want to be the one that pays the land off. Or I want to be the one that buys all the cameras for the studio, for the TV Christian studio, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and you say, Lord, if you'll give me the money, oh Lord, that's a heart's desire. Lord, I'll use it for that purpose. I, I'm just saying when something is spiritual, It's on a total different level, and no matter how complex, in a sense, it could be for something like that to happen, it's amazing. It is amazing in this area what God could do. Um, In the year of 2000, so this was 23 years ago, I read a book, a Christian book, and uh, it's what, It was one of those books that's kind of like out there. So this woman, she you know, this Christian woman, a prophetess, uh, telling about her trips to heaven and all these journeys that she took to heaven. And the book really shook me. And uh, it was just really, um, for about three weeks, that's like, oh, I could hardly function. I was so like, I've got to come into this type of a walk. And uh, I read the book and uh, and I thought, well, of course, you know, you know, the chances of me meeting somebody like this, it's, it's just not going to happen. But I so loved the book and was so moved by it. And I remember one day, a few years after that, that I was in a certain town and I was talking to a minister and I saw a cabin way up on top of a hill. And I said, um, who lives up there in that cabin? And he said, so-and-so does. And he just said the person's first name. And when he said the first name of the person, I knew that's that person who wrote the book. And right when he said the name, and I knew it's that person, uh, a car from the cabin starts driving down the hill. And the man says, Oh, look, they're coming down the hill right now. He said, Would you like to meet that person? I said, Would I ever? And uh, ended up meeting the person, all by divine orchestration, not me trying to push something open, uh, but by divine orchestration, and ended up becoming friends with that person, uh, being blessed by that person spending time in that person's home (laughs) talking about encounters in the spirit realm now this person was interesting because while they had many heavenly visits most of those were around the throne room so this person could tell me in great description what the cherubim were like what the seraphim were like were like, the activity around the throne room. And I would say, now, now, what about the other parts of heaven? Because when I would have supernatural encounters, or when the Lord had showed me heaven at different times, I saw a lot of saints in heaven. It's not like heaven is empty. Uh, heaven is a city, and then it extends out to maybe like what we could call like a gigantic planet beyond comprehension in its size, but heaven itself is a city and there's people everywhere. And, uh, and so I would see redeemed saints. And so I would ask this person, Hey, when you were there, did you see any of the redeemed saints? And the person would say, no, I, that I didn't see any. Uh, but, but as you know, but everybody has their niche, you know? And so, um, I thought, well, Lord, am I weird? Because when I, I've seen heaven, Uh, there's people there. There's, you know, uh, many of our relatives are there that were, that are saved and the great saints, all of the saints that have died, they're there. And said, Lord, uh, so I said, Lord, there's, uh, is it just me? And you know what the Lord did? He began to connect me with other ministers who had had heavenly encounters who saw saints because that's what was going on with me. Um, I I went to heaven one time and the Lord allowed me to meet, uh, the saint known as Saint Joseph of Cupertino in church history. He's known as the flying monk. And I met him and I met one of the 24 elders and there's been other saints I've met also. And so God allowed me to meet other ministers living now on the earth who had the same type of experience so that we could talk back and forth and share these things back and forth. And as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another so what's going on an explosion of heart's desires that are spiritually based they're getting clicked off just like that they're getting fulfilled it doesn't matter if it's on the other side of the world god's linking and it's it's happening (laughs) so natural yes god will do it because we live in a physical world but spiritual when it goes spiritual it goes higher and it's almost certainly going to happen when it glorifies the Lord. You know, I remember when I was in Washington, D.C., spending a few days with Dr. Wade Taylor. Now, this was some years back. He's in heaven now. He lived his life out, died, went to heaven. But um, when he was in his mid-80s, I was at his house, and we talked. We talked till about uh, two o'clock in the morning and we talked about supernatural encounters and things like that. And I I was sharing with Dr. Taylor uh, some of my experiences of what I saw in heaven and um, uh, about how there's a lot of activity uh, around the throne room. And he said, Stephen, that's interesting. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, I have a friend of mine that uh, he Anything if he says it, it's the truth. He is very humble, but he is sincerely honest. He said, I've known him for a long, long time. He's a man of God. And um, but he's he is known for his integrity. And he said, I so I this man told me a story. And so um Wade told me, he said, this man, a trusted friend said that he had a heavenly vision and that was like unusual for him that really wasn't his style he was more of like a teacher he wasn't like a prophet seer but god gave him a vision and took him up to heaven and showed him heaven and actually took this man to the throne room of heaven and so this minister told wade taylor and wade's telling me this minister, when he was in heaven for the first time, see in a vision, and he's seen the throne room of God. And he said, I couldn't believe it. He said, when I was up there in the throne room, he said, I saw some of the saints that were on the earth up there. And he said, one of them was Bob Jones, prophet Bob Jones. And I saw him walking around the throne room of God, talking to people. (laughs) and so this this old minister thought that's wild so uh he said there's bob jones up there at the throne room because he was standing back a little bit and seeing the throne room area i've been there before it's a very active place it's very peaceful but there's people coming and going it's very active so um he saw the prophet bob jones there so now that man eventually comes out of that vision and he goes on about his his ministry and stuff but Wade told me that two weeks later, that man was at a prophetic conference, and uh, one of the speakers at that conference was Bob Jones. And so what happened is that that minister was walking from his hotel room through the hallway to the conference center. And as he's walking through the hallway, Bob Jones is leaving the conference center, and he's walking down the hallway, and they cross paths they've never met before before but as they cross paths bob jones stops and he looks at that man he goes he goes wait just a minute i've seen you before somewhere he goes oh that's right two weeks ago at the throne room i saw i i saw you woo and wade said stephen he said i've known this man for years there's no way he would ever make up any story <laughs> the truth please listen very carefully the truth is beyond fiction The truth is so sacred and so holy that when you step into the real, it will will make the hair stand up on your neck, upon your arms. It is off the charts, sacred and beautiful. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. You know, Wade and I got into that conversation that night because Wade, he received the mantle of several great men of God. One of those people was John Follett. Who was a mystic saint? John Follette never married, prayed probably about ten hours every day, and walked with the Lord. And it, he was a poet, uh, and he was a preacher, but he was a prophet. He was a mystic, and so he had, uh, he couldn't even use a screwdriver. Wade told me the man was so in the spirit realm most of the time he could not even use a screwdriver. <laughs> Woo. Well, John Follett laid his hands on Wade Taylor and transferred his mantle to Wade Taylor. Now, before Wade died, Wade laid his hands on me and transferred his mantle and the mantle of John Follett over on me. But something was interesting because when we were in D.C. that night and we were talking, that whole conversation came up because john fillet came to me one time in the spirit realm and he talked with me and he showed me a poem that he had written of course he's in heaven now but he showed me a poem that he had written in heaven it was beautiful um uh, sacred uh beautiful i'm smelling uh, right now i'm smelling uh burning candles and so the incense is rising right now. Praise God. Look, friends, as you know, my ministry is not in a sense to everybody. When I teach faith, there are those that hunger to know about faith. When I teach the deeper walk of God, there are people that eat it up as if like they're starving, but there's others. They have no interest. They uh, they're on the way to heaven and they love Jesus. So I know my lane. I know my niche. But there are those that are watching right now. You feel like the two disciples did when they walked uh, and then later realized uh, on the road to Emmaus that was Jesus the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but now he's gone. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Uh, and they said, were not our hearts burning within us? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's why, that's why, as some of you know, you get me in, into a smaller conversation because I can't share everything on on YouTube. You get me into a smaller setting. And uh, yeah, we can go off the waterfall real quick if you want to with the spiritual realities. But I also realize, uh, you know, that there's a lot of people, they're just, um, they're going to stay in elementary school spiritually for the, you know, until they go home to be with the Lord. That, that's okay. But the Lord has called me to minister to those that are very, very hungry and are very, very serious about their walk with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me share something else that will help you to merge closer into uh, taking delight in the Lord. Let's read this one more time from Psalm 37. That's verse four. Delight yourself also in the Lord. So there should be these things about God that you're just totally into God, totally into the word, totally into uh, the mysteries of the Lord. If anybody ever tells you they've got communion figured out, uh, be of a great certainty that they're very shallow communion is a mystery marriage marriage is a mystery marriage is between a man and a woman but paul said marriage between a man and a woman also represents and relates to the relationship between christ and the church well how's that pastor stephen it's called the mystery And if anybody ever tells you they've got it all figured out, you can't because the depths are too deep. These are God mysteries. We are told not to look into the mystery of of iniquity, the mystery of lawlessness. It's nothing but a downward spiral of filth. Okay. It's all going to be thrown into the lake of fire anyhow, one day. So we're not to look into that, but the mystery of godliness. Yes. Have at it. Have at it. Pray all night. Yes. Study hunger after God and watch what God will do. And again, natural hearts, desires, things that are physical, things that that would make your heart happy on the earth. God will do it. The spiritual ones though, are when you start getting into some things that uh, God will put together and do some things that only, only he could do. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Again, verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord. How do you delight yourself in the Lord? Well, think about this for a moment. Um, Here's my cell phone. I'm sure you have one also. Um, Here's some numbers from the year 2023, some statistics. And they're going up every year. These numbers are increasing. Every day, the most recent statistics tell us that every day we check our phones 144 times a day. Now, next year, it's probably going to be over 150. Because ever since they have tracked this, the numbers keep going up. But right now, we check our phones 144 times a day. The average American spends four hours and 25 minutes daily on their cell phones the average American will spend over two months, that's 65 days, on their phones this year. So that's like nonstop being on your phone for two months straight out of the year. Now, of course, we do need to use our phones and we can utilize technology for good, but there's also something about it where many of these things, they can pull and distract. So what what can we do to help? Well, let me ask you a question before I offer maybe something to incorporate that you could do. Here's a question. Have you ever left your home and maybe you've driven away? Maybe you're going to work or maybe you're going to uh, somebody's house. Have you ever driven away from your home and realized you left your cell phone back at the house? What do you do? 90% of most people probably 95, they turn around and they go back home and they get their phone. Now think about this. What if you left your house and you realized you left without your Bible? What if you le- realized you left without your Bible? What would you do? Oh, I've got to go back, Pastor Stephen. Why? I, I just so love with God's word. I, I I cannot go a day without it. I'm turning, excuse me. I got to turn around and go back home and get my Bible. Now, here's what some people do. They say, well, Pastor Stephen, you've got it on your phone. I know there's Bible apps and stuff like that. The only problem is that you look at the Bible apps and uh, maybe you, you go online to look at the Bible, whatever. You're going to start looking at all kinds of other stuff also. It just pulls you in into that tech world. But if every time you checked your phone, you also said, I must now check the Bible again. What if you checked the Bible 144 times a day? Hmm. Instead of waking up, 99% of all Americans check their phones within the first 10 minutes of waking up. What if within the first 10 minutes 99% 99% of all American Christians, or of course, those even in the world, said, oh, I must also check the Bible too. And I'm going to check the Bible first. Wow. So what I'm trying to say is that, of course, you don't need to carry around a Bible this big. This is my preaching Bible. When I, when I drive around in my truck and other things like that, I've got a smaller Bible, but it's still a full Bible. I don't just want the New Testament. I want the old and the new available to me all the time, all the time. I want to be able to touch it throughout the day. I want to be able to touch the Bible, not a uh, computer or iPad. I've got that stuff. I want to be able to touch the Bible. The Bible's a book. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What if you thought like that? You So you start turning it spiritually. In other words, you start delighting in the Lord, and so you begin to move towards that spiritual pursuit of God. I want to encourage you to find ways to do that. Now, we are in a quest after the Lord right now. We are on the 77-day pursuit of God, getting up early in the morning and endeavoring to get one hour of prayer time in before the sun comes over the horizon. Now, many people have already gone past 31 days. And as I anticipate it, For example, one person said, Pastor Stephen, I devoted one hour in the morning to prayer time, and I've completed 31 days of uninterrupted prayer for uh, 31 days where each morning I got an hour in. And the person said, While I devoted an hour, the average time that I spent actually turned into two hours and 30 minutes every single morning. I told you, if you give God an hour, it's probably going to turn into more and you get up early, and you're rested, and you're calm, and it's quiet, you know what? Um, You can check this later. Yeah, check the time, turn off the alarm, or whatever, but um, watch out for these modern things that will pull you out of the spirit. I think for young people, the thing that can pull a young person out of the spirit faster than anything else is, is like video, video games, and playing all these games. Woo! It actually frustrates people because when you play those games, you're up against like an enemy or a boss and you have to defeat a different boss at a different level. You got to play the level a thousand times before you finally clear it and get to the next one. And it's frustrating. It's not even really enjoyable. It's addictive. Watch out for these things. See, as a young person, you can pursue the Lord. You can pursue the Lord. And There are a few young people. God's got his hand on your life. You're watching me. And you're not supposed to be like everybody else. Praise the Lord. My friends, there is a very important truth. There's a very important aspect of consecration. I know people laugh at it today and call it an old-fashioned word, but it's in the Bible. Consecration, sometimes called sanctification, also known as holiness, means separate it, not from the world, because we live in the world, but separate it from the filth of the world praise God praise the Lord thank you Jesus so be mindful of that because when you delight yourself in the Lord which means you're, you're into God big time not just a little delight see it's it, God tells us what we must do to walk into this realm of receiving these amazing blessings you have to delight in God not a little a lot A lot of Christians delight in sports. They'll watch it for hours and hours and hours. It's a trap. It's an ensnarement. It'll weigh down your soul. Be careful of those things. Nothing wrong with watching some sports. Obviously, Paul did too. He obviously uh, talked about metaphors of boxing, uh, gave uh, uh, illustrations from the world of running and things like that. But he's doing it to give the impetus to the value of the spiritual and what is actually eternal. I think there's probably a few people that have been smelling grass during this session today. Let go of that which uh, is very, very temporal, and go after the Lord. And again, you'll find that what Jesus said is true. If you'll lose your life, you'll find his life. Praise God. But if you try to hold to your life, you'll lose the life that God has for you. You can't come into it. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now step into what God has for you. You'll be the happiest person on the block. You'll be the happiest person in the neighborhood. You'll be the happiest person at work. And people will just wonder why is that person so happy? Praise the Lord. See, the world system is designed so that you're never content. No matter how much money you have, you always want more. No matter how big your house is, you're still not satisfied. Even uh, even if you have 50 cars, you're still not satisfied. You keep jamming more in there. And what's going on here? Never, never satisfied. That is the system of the world. But with Jesus, with Jesus, you can be happy and satisfied and content in Him. Woo! Praise God! Praise God! And you can be free. You can be free from the insanity of a fallen, sinful world system. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Break free. Some of you are breaking free right now from the gravitational pull of the earthly and the spiritual. You're getting your wings. You're getting your wings. Amen. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Father, bless those who are watching today, there are many that want to go up with valid and genuine experiences, not, not experiences that are fabricated out of a wishful thinking, but that but out of genuine Holy Spirit moves. Thank you, Father. I thank you that you will reward those who diligently seek you. There is a reward coming. Now, I thank you, Father God, that while you're going to give hearts, desires that are natural, you're going to really do some some incredible things for those that see the impetus being on the spiritual heart's desires. Now, Father, we thank you. Father, do it for them. I know you're going to, in Jesus' name. Amen. Say, I receive. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, Jesus is the only one that can give you true peace. There are many different religions in the world, and they offer peace. But the only one that can satisfy that emptiness within you is your creator. So turn to Jesus right now. He'll save you from all of your sins, and he'll give you eternal life, and you can go to heaven. Praise God. When you die, you can go to heaven. Now, if you used to know Jesus, but you backslid, and it seems that's kind of popular to do today. Uh, uh, Matter of fact, today, if you are a backslidden Christian, they'll applaud you. They might even invite you on a few uh, secular radio or TV talk shows. Who knows? They might even uh, offer to um, give you a a publishing contract if you'll write a book about uh, your turning away from God. But you know what? You know God is real and you know there's a judgment day coming. Come back to the Lord right now. If people, if there are those that want to go to hell and knock the stop signs down and they know the truth, but they don't want it, that's up to them. But you come back right now. And the Lord Jesus left the 99 to go get the one and he's calling you home right now. Together, let us all pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I'm tired of running from you. I know that you are the son of God and that you died on the cross And you paid the penalty for my sins. Jesus, I give you my life now. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. And from this day forward, step into my life. And lead me and guide me in all that I do. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Welcome, welcome. To the family of God. Praise the Lord forever. Praise God. Now, let's take holy communion together. If you are a Christian believer, you can take communion. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. If you don't have unleavened bread, grab a cracker. or Grab what you've got. If you don't have some grape juice, uh, grab what you've got. Coca-Cola, whatever you got. But if you can, grab some unleavened bread and grape juice. Let's pray. Father, we bless this now. The bread, the juice. And through this prayer, we set this apart as being holy. This is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for grace to break free from the gravitational pull of sin, from the gravitational pull of earthly distractions that are only designed to lead us into spiritual poverty. God, we thank you that we can be rich in you, rich in you, living the abundant life. Father, we now receive the Lord's flesh. We thank you for giving us true life through your son in Jesus' name we pray. Let's say amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you seek, you will find. And you may have to seek and seek and seek, but if you seek, you will find the answers that you desire. Praise God. You will find God in the expressions that you see in the word that you want to see in your own life. You'll find him in those ways. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for its great cleansing power. We forgive anyone, anybody who has sinned against us. We forgive them. And we move on with you. We thank you, Father. We have joyful hearts. We thank you, Father, that the Lord Jesus is returning soon. And we thank you for the great end time harvest of souls. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Let me put up on the screen right now uh, ways in which you can support the ministry so that we can continue to teach the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ all around the world. And thank you for your support. It really does help us to share the gospel on all kinds of different platforms, whether it's internet like right here, or television, social media, and so forth. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you for also partnering with us towards the paying off of our land. Our remaining uh, balance, $68,000, praise God. And we're going to get that paid off, and then we're going to build the new television studio on that land for the glory of God. Amen. So please sow your best seed and stand with us as we are sending the gospel right now to a potential viewing audience every week of over 3 billion viewers. That is the the combined satellite footprint that we now have on these great satellite networks that we are on all over the world. Praise God. Thank you for partnering with us to preach the gospel around the world. So have a great day. Have a great week and continue to pursue the Lord. And all of your heart's desires are going to come to pass one by one. Thank you for watching. Thank you for giving. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.